Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. What's going on, travelers? Thank you for listening to the fifth episode of The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. I am your host, Dalton, and I'm back. I feel much better. Uh, Being sick was a little rough this past week, but I'm feeling much better. My voice still sounds a little nasally, so I'm sorry if if you can tell that. Hopefully, it doesn't affect the quality of the audio so much, and, you know, it's not like I'm going to be sneezing or anything, so that's good. But anyway... We have a show lined up, a very interesting show too. Uh, We have some news, some stuff that's going on outside of the game, and we have a version 2.6 phase 3 events overview that dives into a little bit of events. We also have a special portion of this episode which will be dedicated to an interview that I did with two lovely people from the Customs of Leeway zine. Looking forward to you guys hearing about that and seeing what they're doing over there. And... Then we have really just like two events, and one of them you can't even really call an event. We'll jump right into it. We'll start with the news. The first bit of news, and it's probably the biggest biggest one, was the uh, the notice of delay for the version 2.7 update, and this was posted on April the 28th, so I know it's kind of outside of the regular window for stuff that I cover, but obviously this is something huge, and something that I would have covered on last week's episode if I did one. It says, uh, Dear Travelers, due to project progress, the version 2.7 update will be postponed. For detailed information on the date of the new update, content adjustment plan, and compensation, please stay tuned for upcoming announcements. We will will provide the corresponding information to travelers as soon as possible. We sincerely apologize for the inconvenience caused. Thank you for your support and understanding along this journey. So this is something that we feel like we we should have seen coming a little bit, but I feel like the eyes on the whole didn't really have a whole lot of eyes on it. So um, I know the developers and the residents in China right now are going through some really difficult times. So this is honestly kind of expected. So with that, we are getting compensation uh, that was that was off the uh, Hoyo Lab app, by the way. And two days ago, or that was posted on the twenty eighth, and then a day ago, so that would have been the 
the 6th of May, since this is being recorded on the 7th, uh, we do have an update to the compensation. Uh, this post says, Dear Travelers, due to Project Progress, the version 2.7 update will be postponed from the 11th of May until the version 2.7 update itself. We will issue compensation to travelers every week. Regarding the detailed information on the time of the version 2.7 update, we will make announcements as soon as it has been confirmed. Please stay tuned for further notices. We sincerely apologize for any inconvenience caused, travelers. And then the compensation that they are giving out to players is 400 Prima Gems, 1 Fragile Resin, 7 Heroes Wit, 16 Mystic Enhancement Ore, and 120,000 Mora, which will be issued every Wednesday each week. If the period between the 2.7 version update and the previous weekly compensation for delayed update is less than a week, then the final weekly compensation will be adjusted accordingly. To be eligible for the compensation, travelers would have to be uh, adventuring 5 or above by May 11th, 4 o'clock uh, server time. And that's 4 o'clock, I think that, yeah, that's 4 a.m. Compensation must be claimed before the end of version 2.6. Starting from May 11th, we will issue compensation to all travelers via in-game mail every Wednesday at 4 a.m. server time. There you go. The first compensation will be issued on May 11th at 4 o'clock. The mail will expire after 30 days, so don't forget to claim the attached compensation in time. I love that they do this. It's very kind of them to do the the compensation uh, for the update. I feel like not a whole lot of uh, companies do that, where they, or game studios, I should say, they, they don't really do stuff like this. I couldn't tell you how many times an update got delayed, and you just say, oh, the update's delayed, and people are pissed, but... I understand their situation. I understand there's a lot going on, and I hope that the while this compensation is great, I just hope that you know they're staying safe and uh, taking care of themselves. This was uh, posted on Hoyo Lab as well. The new adventure, let's go! New emoji pack available now on Hoyo Lab. So last week we had the new adventure, let's go web event, which was a cool little tabletop simulator where the traveler and Paimon would walk around a board themed off of what looked, what felt like Mondstadt, and you would roll a certain amount of die throughout the the day, and you could, you know, collect some coins and then get rewards, which was pretty much Prima Gems and I think Mora. Uh, but they did release some of the emojis based off of the art that was done for that web event. And there's some cool ones of both Aether and Lumine. There's a cat. There's a Dendro Slime, Paimon. And a really big Animo slime, that's the um, the hot air balloon Animo slime that was in the uh, in the web event, and then the sleeping unusual Hilladro. So pretty cool. If you guys are interested in that, those emojis are there now. And we also have the Zephyr of the Violet Garden Phase Three event preview. Uh, so we'll take a look at some upcoming events. Obviously, Ayaka's banner. And the Misblitter Reforged and the Unforged Weapon Banner that has been rolling out is still going to be uh, live until, and both of those are going to be uh, active until the end of 2.6. So they did change the the date. I think it was only like six or five days or so and some few odd hours when the delay got announced. And then they changed that to like 243 days 
So, which I believe was just placeholder, honestly. They probably just threw that up there because they had to. But then they eventually, and this is why there's no known bug or issues, but there was one known bug or issue, but it literally was just an update to the text for the uh, wish banners. And that was just to change the time from 243 days or however long it said to to just say till the end of version 2.6. So we don't really have, and I don't blame them really, because hopefully, you know, their situation improves before then. But if it didn't, and then they would have to go back and I'm sure some selfish people would have been mad again when 240 days rolled rolled up and Ayaka was still uh, the weapon or the uh, not the weapon banner. Ayaka and the Misplitter Reforge were still the banners for the ongoing delay. So anyway, that stuff's not changing. Uh, that also includes the test run event that will still be running and all the same characters. So if you, you haven't done that yet, you got a bunch more time to do that until the end of 2.6. And then we have uh, two events coming. The first one is Spices from the West event, where we're going to be able to create special seasonings. Uh, this event duration is from May 14th, uh, 10, uh, 10 a.m. server time, and it's going to run until June 7th, and that's going to end at 3.59 a.m. server time. It says, during the event, help Nazafarin conduct her research by making seasonings according to the recipes provided to obtain rewards such as Prima Gems, Hero's Wit, Weapon Ascension Materials, and Mora. To be eligible to... Take part in this event. You need to reach Adventure Rank 20 or above to create seasonings. Then you also need to reach Adventure Rank 28 or above and complete the quest Idle Teapot Talk to cook the corresponding dishes and invite characters to taste test. This sounds like this event is actually taking place outside of the teapot, but then if you want to cook corresponding dishes with these seasonings, and invite the characters to taste test, I feel like that's going to take place inside of the teapot. Because I'm pretty sure the idle teapot talk is the prerequisite quest to get your Serena teapot. Where I'm a little confused is how they're going to make this work with the current Serena teapot maintenance on the placement function. Because if you don't have the Serena teapot unlocked right now, that means you have no characters. Nothing placed down in your teapot. What I also don't know, and what I'm wondering is how it's going to work, is if, if you don't have it unlocked, how are you going to place anything down or take part in this event at all? So I'm hoping that, obviously I'm hoping that by the time this event comes out to get the full experience, right, that the placement function of the Serena Teapot is going to be fixed. I know it's not this week because I remember when during the reset uh, I got that 5,000 realm currency. So I know that that's still underway and, and, and plus I'm I'm at level 9 with Ningguang and everybody else is maxed out and there's nothing I can do about it. But if version 2.7 is being delayed, then I'm wondering how much of, of a priority they're making the, the Serena Teapot maintenance to be completed and fixed and this event over 2.7. So I must, you know, you, I, get, I hope that's coming across right because it just seems weird that they're, they are pushing for this event to happen when they already have problems with the Serena Teapot. But then, you know, you know, everything that that's happening over there in China right now, they're they can't move forward with 2.7 because of the progress that they've made. So I don't know. I am hoping that, you know, that this event comes out 
and it rolls through and the Serenity Pot is fixed. However, they decide to do it. But it, it looks super interesting and we get some nice rewards as well. And then we have the Overflowing Mastery event, which is double drops for talent and level up materials. This event, dura- uh, this event duration is from May 22nd, 4 a.m. server time. And it will go for about seven days. And it will end on May 29th at 3.59 a.m. server time. During the Overflowing Mastery event, successfully challenged talent level up material domains such as Forsaken Rift, Taishan Mansion, and Violet Court, and consume original resin to double your rewards. You can double your rewards up to three times a day. And uh, basically, there is no eligibility requirements for this event. You, You just need to activate the corresponding domains for these talent level up materials. And I believe these switch, so you are wondering or you're new those are the three talent level up material domains and then they kind of cycle through each day so you won't be able to get your exact one for all seven days of the event three times each day you'll probably get a chance to get it three out of those seven days and then you're getting four different ones or three more of another talent level up material because it spans between the week and usually there's three days for for you to farm each of the talent level up materials. So I, I'm, I'm really happy about this event. Honestly, there are so many characters that I have pulled on through the previous banners that I didn't have before. Or, you know, I pulled Venti, I pulled Ayato. Um, I lost 50-50 and pulled Deluke. So I'm extremely happy about this. This will definitely help me at least crown the main priority stat of the uh of the new characters that I have so I'm looking forward to this 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 is the one that like I I feel like this um leveling process for the talents I feel like the books I'm always getting the gold the philosophies of the talent materials I don't know why I always feel like I get these or better drops better RNG with these than I do anything else in the game like slime condensant I forget it I can't get enough it's like I kill four slimes one of them's huge, the big slime, and I can. I'm always just getting the the base level slime condens, uh, condensate. So, but these, heck, I can, I can, I have these all day. So, looking forward to this event because there are a lot of characters that I could definitely use leveling up the talents for. So, yeah, looking forward to that event. Everybody, I feel like everybody likes this event. Um, and then our last, or no, I'm sorry, not our last bit of news. Um, we did get a. GeForce Experience and Genshin Impact Bundle. Uh, this is right off of the GeForce Experience app or program. If you guys don't know what GeForce Experience is, it's basically a driver UI for your graphics card for people on PC. Basically, what GeForce Experience does is it does a bunch of different stuff, like it has overlays and recording. I know some people who play on PC who who submit like videos and photos for the interactive map in the Hoyo Lab app. I know a lot of people use their GeForce Experiences recording function because it's really quick and easy and I don't think it like sucks up a whole lot of resources from your PC to actually record those. So ultimately GeForce Experience is just a driver uh, UI that helps curtail your graphics card and optimize it for the games that you have installed on your computer. So it's pretty handy. I like it. Read the little post here right off of the GeForce Experience uh, program. It says, step into the magical world of Genshin Impact and experience the latest update in style with 20,000 Mora, four Mystic Enhancement Ores, 
and two Heroes Whip. Uh, the redemptions for these rewards are valid until June 1st, 2022, and that'll end at 12 a.m. Pacific time or while supplies last. Please note, if you are new to Genshin Impact, you'll need to achieve Adventure Rank or Adventure Level 10 to successfully redeem your complimentary items. And it just goes on to explain that Genshin Impact is an open world action RPG, yada, yada, yada. I'm sure that new Genshin Impact players are not coming and listening to this podcast. Um, don't need to read that bit. But if you download the GeForce Experience program and then you have Genshin Impact installed on your PC, all you have to do then is log into the GeForce Experience program and then your profile or your name will pop up uh, with like a little avatar picture. It'll create a drop-down menu where you'll see the redeem option. If you click redeem, it'll show basically all the rewards or codes that you can redeem for games that GeForce Experience is currently doing like a code or giveaway or something for that you have installed on your computer. So you won't be able to just go on your PC, download GeForce Experience, and then and get this. It seems like to get this, you need to have Genshin Impact installed on your PC as well. Um, but then you'll see it. Once you click Redeem, Genshin Impact will come up. It'll say Available. It'll say Genshin Impact GeForce Reward. And then you click that, click Redeem, you'll log in, and then you'll be on your merry way with 20,000 Mora and some Heroes with, and I guess four Mystic Enhancement Ores if you care about that, but... Personally, I don't. So anyway, um, yeah, cool little uh, reward. Pretty easy for those of you guys on PC. If you don't play Genshin Impact on PC, if you have a computer, I highly suggest that you just install the game. Because, I mean, as long as you're not like using your computer for anything else, really. You just install the game, install the GeForce Experience app. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can install GeForce Experience without even having an NVIDIA graphics card. I think you... It, you just need the account, really. So you could just install the game, never open it, and then your driver should, or the GeForce Experience app should just be able to recognize that you have Genshin Impact installed, redeem your reward, and just uninstall everything. So you could do that. And then our final bit of news is the Genshin Impact Hoyo Wiki has launched. This post is off of Hoyo Lab, and it was posted just eight hours ago, so this recording was pretty much midnight uh, on Saturday the 7th. It says, Greetings, travelers. The Genshin Impact Hoyo Wiki is officially ready for everyone. Let's get acquainted with it together. What is the Genshin Impact Hoyo Wiki? Genshin Impact Hoyo Wiki is a game database published by Hoyo Lab and created together with the player community that can help travelers review and record information about the world of Tava at any time. Uh, they throw a very handy link in there. In the current Genshin Impact Hoyo Wiki, you can explore and browse entries in the following five sections. The Character Archive, Weapon Archive, Artifact Archive, Enemies and Monsters, and Materials. If you want to review the records of Tavat and information on the friends you have met along the way, the Hoyo Wiki will be there to help you, no matter the time or place. So it shows a table of contents, it shows the characters, equipment, Living Beings, which is the Enemies and Monsters, and then Materials. Uh, it shows a category filter. So on mobile, there you can search by elemental type, by region between Mondstadt, Leeway, and Inazuma. The quality, whether it's a 5 or 4 star. You could search on the bonus attributes from Ascension for, if it's a weapon. And then they basically just show off the UI. So you can do the same thing on PC. They just show it a different way. It's, it's honestly 
pretty. That well, like when you click Hu Tao, it shows like all of her information is like right there. Uh, her description, her voiceover, her attributes are there. It looks extremely beautiful on PC, by the way. the The post is great for audio content, right? the The post shows both UIs for mobile and PC, but I gotta say, PC looks really good. Creating and improving the Genshin Impact Hoya Wiki, the database of entries, is a long term constructive construction process. And the improvement of the Genshin Impact Hoyo Wiki cannot be achieved without the joint efforts of all travelers. In later versions, Hoyo Wiki will be open for editing to travelers who are passionate about Genshin Impact and are good at documentation to build together. Interested travelers should stay tuned for more announcements about the Genshin Impact Hoyo Wiki. Travelers find out all there is to know about Genshin Impact in Hoyo Wiki. So, I don't believe this is like a Paimon.mo killer or anything. But I guess this is their official way of doing something like that. So pretty interesting if you guys are interested in that. Just go to Hoyo Lab. It's under one of Genshin Impact Official's posts. And you can click to enter the Hoyo Wiki from there. Or I'm sure you can just search it. Uh, but yeah, if you guys are interested in that, check that out. All right, we're going to jump into our interview with the uh, two lovely people that I got to sit down with from Customs of Liyue Zine. So enjoy that interview after that. We'll have some break music, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about two things going on in-game right now as of two days ago, or one of them was two days ago, and then uh, one of them was just yesterday, and then uh, that'll pretty much wrap up our episode. So enjoy the interview, enjoy the break music, and I'll talk to you guys when we come back. All right, so uh, we can jump right into the interview. Um I will prob I'll try to stick to the general format of that. Did I send you the yeah, I sent you the link. Yeah. Um I'll try to stick to that general format. If it goes in a certain direction, then that's fine. We can jump around. Mm -hmm. It's no big deal. Now, I have a it's kind of embarrassing, right? And I had to like Google this and I, I want to hear it from from somebody who actually works with these. Is it Zine or is it Zine? I had a feeling this people, would be the first question that popped up. <laughs> people will fight you on this. This is a legitimate pronunciation debate, but for... Oh, um, from between the own, two of you. From my own understanding, it is zine, as in magazine, which is the word it's derived from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I've been told. I will switch between zine and zine because I have friends who say zine, and it, I just pick it up. Absolutely, but I will... Whenever yeah. we're in a conversation with people who say Zion, we all switch between Zion and Zine. It's like, <laughs> it's inevitable because it feels like, yeah, sometimes you just pick, you just you just switch to whatever's local to the conversation. And I I, I kept because I guess when you look at the word, you want to say I want to say Zion, but I know that's not right. Yeah. It doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but I wanted to clear that up, so I'm gonna call them Zines like magazines because that's that's what my logical brain wants to wants to focus on so how did you guys get into zines Ooh, that's a long story um i was i am actually a spite zine person um i got rejected from my first one and i found out that the rejection wasn't um merit-based it was based on something that I, we were told was not going to affect our application. 
So I kind of got mad and decided to make my own zine. And it just, it went from there. <laughs> oh boy, it's been like five years now. Wow. So you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, I think I think Shio's been longer than me, though. Oh, no, 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 I haven't been that long. <laughs> oh, you haven't? No. Because I know you were in it for a while. Yeah. I kind of dipped in and out of it, and obviously COVID did accelerate things. Uh, my first, my first, um, my first zine experience, you could say, was, uh, probably, like, three years ago. And, um, it's not anywhere on my account, so you can find it, but basically one of my friends was like, hey, do you wanna, like, because I beta read for them, which is basically when you go and you do, like, grammar and editing and checking for a piece of, like, writing, and they're like, I'm doing this project and I had no idea what it was. And do you just want to come in and help me and, like, five other people just, like, read over our work? And I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And I hopped around Phantoms for a little bit, but honestly, I didn't think of it much until, like, Genshin Impact, when, when kind of, I got obsessed with them all over again, like, properly this time, and it kind of went on a downward spiral. From there. <laughs> yeah, just all downhill. <laughs> it, and it's... I like to ask that. I wanted to ask that question because it wasn't until Genshin Impact that I actually realized that these existed. And I mean, so when I was younger, I was really into skateboarding, mm -hmm. and there was a game called Skate, and it was a very uh, and I'm not sure if you guys heard of it because it's a very old game. Um, but it was like a very realistic uh idea and very realistic video game based on actual skateboarding so it was like the go-to thing that like it was like the if you wanted uh to play a video game on extreme sports it was like the call of duty or the halo of extreme sports and video games Ooh, and they would act they actually like release this like dlc that you could record in the game you're skateboarding like you would watch like any regular skate video and what people started doing was making these websites that were like magazines but they didn't use the term zines it was just like a you could go to like any local skate shop and pick up a like a magazine um like one of the most popular ones i feel like in pop culture is thrasher and you if you went on their website, they had like a, I can't remember the name, but, and it's, it's probably like long dead now. Cause that game, that game hasn't been live in forever, but, uh, people would like submit videos and you could take pictures in the game and you could submit it. And it was like a zine. And so when I, when I saw these, I was like, oh, this is what I saw years ago, but the term was never used. So. Well, that is kind of base. And I feel like before fandom zines became a thing, their self-published zines have always kind of been a thing. So, like, when people would publish, like, a little booklet of poetry or art or a mixture of both, um, that's what they would call it. It'd be a zine. And though, through fandom usage, zines have become a lot more professional and, like, like, for instance, now you get, like, hundreds of pages of, like, beautiful quality art and writing. Like, supposedly fundamentally it was just supposed to be a little snippet of someone's work and 
most of the time they didn't make much money at all. Um, they could be stapled, they didn't even have to be bound properly, but like essentially at the core that's what it was supposed to be, and through fandoms they've kind of been reimagined to include like a lot of people and become a collaborative effort. I'm so sorry if you hear background sound, my cat is sitting on my computer. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because um, I also dip. Um, I also I also read a lot of uh, the Eastern fandom uh, publications, so like Dojinshi and stuff of um, not the, the safer work kind, usually because they have different stories and uh, there's um, both light novel and uh, manga renditions. Um, anthologies like this. Are very co- are pretty common in the eastern side, so it's uh, it's actually interesting to see the we- uh, more English Western speaking um, audiences come into the uh, what is essentially an anthology uh, creating space um, because it's it's been around for a really long time. It's just it really blew up with Genshin, right? Right, and I can. Go Sorry. ahead. No, you're good. You're good. It's also really uh, lovely because since the, since Genshin has become more mainstream and Genshin Western zines specifically, and I use Western because people divide the fandom usually up into like these two categories. Um, a lot of um, managers of like Dijinji's and Chinese or Japanese projects have started wandering into the into the like Western side of the fandom, and I've. Uh, and I know, like, a couple mods who used to mostly do, like, Dijinchis. And it's actually, like, really interesting. And also subsequently, Genshin scenes that mostly have Western American audiences have also been branching onto sites like Lofter and, like, Weibo and, like, Chinese sites to advertise and to sell. And to get Chinese creators and Japanese creators to also come in and join this project. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I agree. And and so would you guys say that that the physical printed versions of zines are more popular than the digital versions then? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, you will typically see what, eighty, ninety percent of your sales to be the physical? Oh wow, okay, that's a huge number. If not more, it's just it's the yeah. joy of having something physical, you know, even though... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So how did how did you get into Genshin Impact itself then? Ooh. Did I go first, Seasonal? Who joined earlier? Uh, I think you did, because I joined in February after it released. Fantastic. Okay, so I joined in... I think it was November of 2020. And um, basically, it's going through an exam period. And <laughs> this is not a great story, actually. My friend came and she was like, dude, I'm playing this new game, Beach Impact. And I was like, okay, I'm going to download it after the exams and check it out. That didn't work. I downloaded it that very same day. <laughs> and um, <laughs> And the way she got me into it, this is like a really strange omission. <laughs> My ex-boyfriend at the time <laughs> really um really liked one of the characters and 
she told me to play it so I would know the character and then we could bully him with the fact that we hated him. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> really petty. We're really good friends, by the way, so this is this wasn't like a this wasn't like a like a revenge thing. Mm-hmm. It's just more like a um purely out of the comedic uh the comedic satisfaction Value. I would have gotten. I started my like, engine back <laughs> and I have not looked back. I also still do not like the character who is Kaya, by the way, so isn't very good for me. You said you don't like Kaya? I do not like Kaya. Fair enough. I got into it because I had a friend who um, would talk to me about the game because we just listen to each other's interests, even if we don't uh, mutually play it. And they really liked Zhang Li. And so they would tell me all about Zhang Li and like, and uh, Li Yue and God, I would, I would consistently berate, not berate, but like just poke at them because they could not pronounce Li Yue for the life of them. But they would tell me about him and child and um, a lot of the ways that they would um, reflect real life Chinese culture in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shio and I are both Chinese, and so for me that was really interesting because I never really had a game that was um, reflective of um, my background. So I got interested mainly because of uh, Zhang Li, and so I got into the game January, February of 2021 after um, I got adjusted to a new job, and it just it just went downhill from there. I joined just before just just before Xiao's banner and whew, <laughs> got <laughs> yeah. It it was just bad. <laughs> I was playing on a Surface Pro laptop with a PS4 controller. <laughs> that sounds super comfy though. I was on the ground <laughs> just playing on my laptop with a cat on my back. I think seasonal you're still playing right now. Uh, I still play, but I got, um, I have a desktop now. Um, I still use a controller because I missed the tutorial on how to use keyboard and mouse, so. I think, funnily enough, um, Seasonal is one of the only Genshin Zine mods I know who still do play Genshin Impact as a game. I think that's really funny. Oh yeah, most of the people I know don't play anymore. It's kind of weird. So how so you don't play anymore then? Do not. If I'm to be honest, I must have fallen out of it when seasonal fell into it because I stopped playing after the first day of Xiao's banner, the first one, which is all the way back in twenty twenty one and early twenty twenty one. But like, it's just a tendency I have. Like, fall for the fall for like the fandom and the characters, not for like the game itself. I have a difficult time staying like continuously into game but, mm. it's, but because i really do love the characters in the world so i still i i, I still watched every single quest you know like like i'm st- I, I still know what's going on i watch like all the festival i see all the playthroughs i just i physically i'm like bad at just like maintaining interest and like <laughs> yeah i can i can see where you're coming from and to your point where you know, you were, uh, I believe it was T talking about you had a, you had a friend 
who played it and showed you? Oh, no, that was Shino. Shio. Um, she, Shio. We both had friends who, who played and uh, showed us. So I had a friend who who told me about Genshin as well. And, and I didn't like it at first. Oh. So I... I think that the the story really has to grab me, and I didn't really think that the story of trying to find your sibling was very, like, I didn't think it was nuanced enough. I I kind of thought it was kind of tropey, and so I thought, okay, it's a free to game, free to play game. It's like it's the story, the basis of the story isn't really that great. So I think I and I joined right around Albedo's banner. And because I remember asking my cuz uh yeah, I was I think it was like right when Dragonspine was released. Yeah, that's about December of 2020. Yeah. I pulled from And uh And I remember going to work and being like, "Hey, is this character good? I got him like on my first pull." And he was like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah, you're like really lucky." And I was like, oh, "Okay, but then after that like a week or two went by and I didn't play. I I took a really long break and I think I was I was reading something an update on uh let's see. Did Dragonspine come after uh the Archon quest between Child and Jungli? Uh that was before my time, so I wouldn't be able to tell I... you. Oh my god, I'm gonna get flamed on Twitter if I get this wrong. <laughs> but to be fair, <laughs> Nobody... I, never paid, I never paid much attention to Child and Jolie, but I do believe that the Child and Jolie Archon quest was before Dragonspine because, yeah, I, I yeah I think I do think that just following my fake chronology here. <laughs> so I just remember, I remember somebody talking about that story, and how Zhongli was just like behind everything. And I thought that was so good. And then I just, I just, I went so hard. I never consumed that much of a video game in such a short amount of time to just try to catch up to like, to that portion. And ever since then I was sucked in, right? It, it was like the, the story was interesting to me at that point. And while finding your sibling is like the main plot, it's not shoved down, like shoved into your face every single every single update. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, it's it's kind of like hidden in the background of all the other tape adventures. And I think there's a there's a good amount of like good lore in Genshin as well that like you can tell people really paid uh, attention to, and just the amount of content there is for it is also an appealing trait. Also, my favorite character, obviously. <laughs> Not Kaya. Oh, definitely not Kaya. I have similar feelings. <laughs> really? Oh my god! It's genuinely he, really he's the shadiest, shadiest <laughs> person. It's I don't like him. So difficult to find anyone who doesn't like Kaya. Everyone who I say don't like Kaya too is like offended out of their minds. I I know a lot of my friends love him. I, yeah, it's. Not my cup of tea, I guess. <laughs> I don't like most of the Kaya um, characterization in most of the voices, but then I hear Chinese Kaya, and I'm like, oh, that's a puppy dog. Chinese Kaya is 
much cuter than English Kaya. That's that's my take. Like I do like I do like most of the characters just because I enjoy um I generally enjoy characters and just the differences that they have and how to get uh presented to you, but the differences that the disparity between the different languages is very it's interesting but also kind of hard to deal with because then you have the disparity in the fandom representation because of depending on the language they play. Is this another mm-hmm. jab at English Xiao? We don't talk about English Xiao. God. <laughs> the voice it's actor not- does a great job. I just don't think whoever wrote English Xiao knew what they were doing compared to Chinese Xiao. I, so I can I can kind of understand what you're saying, even though I haven't even heard the Chinese Xiao, but I I can I can see what you're saying. I would say it's just like we ha- we talk about this a lot actually, just Xiao specifically because we both love Xiao. It's it's just the the way that the fandom absorbed the character. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you find any rendition of, most renditions of English Xiao, yeah, you'll find him as, like, Cinderay, Emo, Edgelord. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sasuke. And, <laughs> yes, basically yeah. Sasuke. Basically, yeah. yeah. Not the, let's just say it doesn't, no, it doesn't do him justice at all. That's interesting, and, it, and it's probably, like, that mindset of English Xiao is, like, now embedded in everybody's brain, so that's, like, all they see. Yeah, and you can't change it. So it's a little bit, like, a shame, but you can also, according to how he interacts with other characters, you can see different parts of the fandom light up with different characterizations. So you just really got to find the right one for you, I guess. You know, and now that you say that, it's actually come to be more apparent to me because of his mail from his birthday this past month. You know what I'm saying? Like his mail did I don't know if you guys read it, but it did not line up with how you how I actually think of him. It did not. And a lot of the mail in this in okay, well, the the character mails are getting a little bit more as like the fandom has interpreted it romantic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they've been dropping some hints, I guess. But mm-hmm. if you look at some of the I can't pull the example to me, but I had it at one point, and I just lost it. If you look at some points in English and Chinese translations, you can see the difference between them and how the characters are portrayed, and it's, like, really funny. And really interesting as well, because obviously it's one of the, dic- one of the difficulties of translation is you will never find the exact words in another language. And I don't think either of the interpretations made by the language you play and read in is incorrect because i think they're both like they're just different they're just different takes on the same character you know and Mm -hmm. so obviously i'm not saying that like one language has like a superior characterization or anything i just mean that it's that like when you look into it like really and there's some great like research on twitter for that when you really look into it it's you can really tell how these different things were set out and I think that's, like, one of the funnest parts about being in a multi-lingual fandom. Just all the different voices and all the different characters and all the different translations. That's interesting. I And, you know, I've been kind of blind to that only because I, I've only played in English. And the reason why is because half the time when I'm listening, I, like, 
I, I say listening and not watching cutscenes because usually I will hit the play button and let it play out like blaring while I'm doing dishes or something. Ah, uh, like, I see. Smart. Arthur's so and, long. Yeah, so I'll like wash a dish and like look at the screen, but like kind of only, li- and then if I have to look away, at least I'm hearing it. And there would be times where I'm washing the same dish for like 10 minutes and my wife is like, are you going to like rinse that dish off? <laughs> okay. So... We'll start with T. What what is your role in Leewazine? Um so funnily enough, I was supposed to be the head mod. Um but I generally handle finance, shipping, and production when it comes to zines. So I settle at the beginning, um we kind of figure out what kind of uh, a book we want and then what kind of merchandise we want with the zine. And I handle uh, figuring out the quantities that will most likely um, sell, like the minimum order, and then or or the or what will go above that, and how much it'll cost to produce that, and then we'll I'll find manufacturers for that uh, along the way, and I set up a Google sheet that everyone can access so that we can tell, okay, this is the specs of each item that we're gonna have, and then. This is how much it'll cost to produce at 50, how much it'll cost to produce at 100, at 150, or 200, 300, even. And um, I just run through the numbers, and so this is the total cost, this is the um, per item cost, and then we set up um, bundles. So zines usually come in um, different bundles. I usually sell um, a PDF version, a book-only version, book with the flattened paper marks, so like prints, um, bookmarks, anything that's made out of paper, stickers. And then we have the full bundle, which is all the merch and the book. And um, what we do is we figure out the cost of putting those um, bundles together. And from there, we set the price of the bundles and then we we figure out, okay, this is how much profit we'll get off of the bundles. So this is about how much we can add in stretch goals, like um, additional merch or like book upgrades, stuff like that. And figure out that additional cost and then what is our final profit after that cost. And after you figure that out, you have to figure out the cost of providing different levels of compensation to all your contributors so it it gets it's not as complicated as it sounds I feel like because once you have a single sheet set up you just basically plug in numbers um each time after that mm-hmm. um and it kind of all just rolls together once you have manufacturers and you just after sales you go and get that um go and get the quotes and you order your merchandise and books from them and then shipping is just looking at the orders and packing 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 (laughs) i will sit there for hours and just put on youtube videos and just pack interesting um yeah sometimes i have sometimes i have friends who visit me so like we will sit there together chat and just pack at the same time um I know some, I've been planning to visit other friends 
uh, in the zine scene who during times when they'll be packing so we can just sit together and pack. It's it's a it's actually an interesting bonding activity. That's yeah, it's not something that like you would expect. Yeah. Um for for Customs of Leeway, I was supposed to head mod, which also handles a lot of organization and upkeep and checking with with everyone. But one of our other mods um, ended up doing that for us because um, they they had a little less work than the rest of us, and um, I got busy, and so they just kind of stepped up. And so in the end, we were just like, okay, you can have head mod title. Well, at least they took some work off your plate. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it worked out really well, and we're really we're really grateful for them. Um, I don't know if if he wants us to name them. So. <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's but. given me a message to say at the end. So I guess. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is a name. Uh, okay. Leo, our head mod, is fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, he's yeah. done a great job. He's done awesome. fantastic. And, you know, what is your role with Customs of Leeway? Okay, so I do graphics and layout, which um, I feel like that's a pretty obvious explanation there. Um, graphics, general outlook of the zine, everything you see on Twitter uh, is probably 98% done by me. Um, like, so that will like range from like everything from like countdowns, interest checks, to not on, not on Cousins Leo, but sometimes I make videos as well. Um, templates, that kind of stuff. Um, usually that's a pretty close bond with either the head or the social media mall. Um, usually both, because to figure out like a marketing plan and I usually get a schedule a couple weeks beforehand and I'll just show up with the graphics that they need. Um, there's like a whole checking process at the beginning where you go through several concepts, you make a couple like, you make a couple like drafts and then you do a couple like sheets of like color and inspiration and then you'll settle on something and then after that it's just a little bit of checking and editing for every set of graphics I turn out. Layout, which okay, I've done a lot of random stuff. I've done a lot of random roles. But layout has to be my favorite so far. It's like putting everything into the PDF that gets printed into the book. And it's my favorite because obviously it's been the most rewarding because you get to physically see everything all the writing all the art it's fantastic and then you get to put it into like the pdf and then um and you also get to arrange it and the book is a huge part of the final product product that's what the, that's what the zine is right just the book so it's it's just really great especially when i'm doing both and i can like coordinate them together and it's like matching and fitting and ah uh, okay sorry yeah and and so you are really like the the first person to actually see it put together then. So that's got to be exciting. Definitely. And I get to be the person putting it together, which is even better. It's a, it's, it's pretty decently work heavy spread out across several really concentrated areas. So it's not the best job in my opinion, graphics, but if you have a good schedule, it's definitely like very doable. And so, and you, and now you kind of already answered this, before but what kind of styles were sought after for leeway zine like through applications yeah so you know the art submissions you know the just the general style which you kind of you kind of already answered when 
you know, you were saying that Leeway was an area of Genshin Impact that was based very off of uh, traditional Chinese culture, you said? Yeah. um, Is that... Yes, yes. So I can almost assume that that's the look that you are going for with Customs of Leeway, but I wasn't sure when I wrote the when I wrote the question, right? And I'm just making an assumption. So art style wise, we're always looking okay, we're we're always looking for something like varied and something new, right? Because um because I think like fun art styles, like either like super like saturated colors or like um very stylistic choices, I think a lot of them look really great. And I, I like I, I really like those, but on a general note, every for a style that will, yes, fit their graphic concept. So we were probably not looking for, like, for instance, if someone submitted, like, a full portfolio full of, like, cyberpunk characters in, like, neon tech (laughs) gear, no matter how, like, like, it could be a beautiful, absolutely stunning portfolio for anything else. But we would probably have been like, that looks amazing. But um, we were definitely going for something more, <laughs> something more, um, I don't have a descriptor for this. Maybe softer. Yeah, softer. And, like, I, I would think less, less tech, um, like, they could have amazing technical skill, but if we don't know they can draw something that fits the aesthetic of traditional Chinese, then it's going to be difficult to take them on, because mm-hmm. if they draw something that stands out, um, against everyone else's, it will put it might put them in a bad light no matter how technically skilled their piece is and we don't want to do that to a contributor so yeah we're definitely i feel like we also maybe prioritize a little bit like painting styles and like like softer inky looking because like you know that would just fit with the whole uh aesthetic and one thing i personally looked for was even though we didn't have a requirement that it was like traditional chinese clothing a lot of contributors still went with that so people had examples of like, for instance, Chinese architecture or Chinese clothing or like a Chinese setting where the characters, like putting the characters into a more like traditional Chinese setting. That was also like, like it wasn't like a boon necessarily, but it definitely helped us visualize better what we wanted. And for writers, we took, we took two myth writers who wrote like uh, myths of like Liyue like, not the in-game ones, but, like, they made up myths. It was kind of cool. And we took two people who were writing, like, research... Not always research, they can make this stuff up, but, like, more factual articles about Liyue. And then two people who wrote, like, tutorials, which were, like, these really cute things. Like, we have one on, like, Chinese street food, and then we have one on how to use chopsticks, like, that kind of stuff, right? So, obviously, those come with, like, different different those come with different like writing styles that we want and we did ask everyone to submit like an article sample um so we definitely looked for something more like flowy and more storytelling for myths and something that could get like get the point across but still be interesting for articles and tutorials we went for something like simpler and something we knew that could be condensed because every every tutorial spread can't have been more than like 400 words it was like really small quick content Nice and that yeah, and that's super interesting. I was, you know, fingering through the the website and looking at all the different pages that you guys have on there. 
and under uh you know the concept i did see you know for the tutorials there was uh like how to use chopsticks and i think that's super interesting right because go like seeing this uh the zine at face of value i don't think oh they're gonna have tutorials in here but i think that's really awesome and it's not doesn't have to be you know part of the actual game to be interesting and to provide value for the zine i think that's awesome definitely i think that i think leaning into the i think we leaned we lent into a lot of like almost not necessarily pushing but almost like putting more chinese emphasis on the like the setting and everything i think we i think a lot of the pieces that came out were like obviously really fantastic i would say no matter but for instance Am I allowed to spoiler this? Um, I'm just getting a vague reference. We have like a spread that's like that talks about like traditional Chinese clothing and hanfu and how it's layered and everything. And I think that page is really great because like it's not even a type of clothing that's addressed or on many characters in the game, but it's such a important part that I feel like it's really nice to have in there and have like the in-game characters dressed up in like different like clothes and it's really. That's cool. So if if someone wanted to get into zines, and you know, whether that's, you know, they have something like UT where they have financial or shipping uh, background and they want to contribute and they think zines are cool, or they have graphical uh, experience, how would they get into zines? So... That kind of differs depending on the fandom and the background of zines in that fandom. Because um, some fandoms will put out, some zines will put out um, applications for mod positions for those, for um, finance, production, graphics, formatting. And if they have a background in it or a portfolio that shows off what they've done, they can just submit that based on the application and um, if the mod team that exists at that time likes their work, they may be taken on and they can just go on from there. But uh, with Genshin specifically, it might just be a side effect of there being so many projects, but a lot of us have had bad experiences with people we don't know. And so it's... We've had... It's become common, in, uh, you will you will see this because mod teams are public, that a lot of mod teams are the same people um, or the same groups of friends doing zines. Mm. So, I would say getting into modding zines is uh, completely separate from getting into um, applying for zines. And obviously, if you're an artist or writer, just go take your shot in an application, right? Like, which is where I'm obligated yeah. to mention, rejections aren't personal, keep trying. Like, we're looking forward to everything you do. Like, sometimes it's just a matter of what we're looking for. Yeah, but... re rejections don't almost never have anything to do with your, um, with the person themselves. Um, oftentimes, I, we have tons of people who, on a technical level, are adequate or above and beyond what we, what we want. But a lot of times people don't curate the portfolios for what we're looking for. And so we just end up going with the people that show that they can do what we are going to ask of them over the people who maybe just give us, quote unquote, their best works, but their best works of a completely different category. Right. So they're, so they're not showing you 
things that you would want. So you don't actually know whether or not they can do it. Yeah, essentially. Um, I've had plenty of people ask me this as a zine mod, like, why am I getting rejected for this portfolio? Um, and I've done portfolio reviews, and um, aside from always just, because anyone can, always improving your skill, uh, you have to, you. if a zine has a theme, you have to show that you can draw within that theme. For artists and writers, you, you can draw and write within that theme. Um, if they have um, guidelines in the applications of how many pieces or how long your work should be, please read, follow please, them. Please, please read. Yeah. Always always look for the scene guide uh, application guidelines because that will be your best friend in making sure that you show off what you, what you um, what the mods want. And also not getting disqualified for not listening to them. Because <laughs> if you can't if you can't follow guidelines at the beginning, we're gonna assume you can't follow um, our instructions through we, the rest of the zine, we do and we just won't go through go for and you. disqualify people who have not followed the guidelines. If it says all your samples must be within two thousand words with a hundred word leeway, and you give us four thousand words, that's it's not just the one piece that gets disqualified, it's the whole, it's the whole portfolio. So definitely read, 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 please read. And if you don't know, ask. Just, it's it's fine to ask. Oh, I was going to round back to the mod thing. About getting into modding. Uh, what Seasonal said before about some um, jobs, uh, some backgrounds being easier. Yeah, definitely. Um, For instance, if you're like an accountant, that's a greater indication of your background than if you say then say if you went to I don't know if you went to art school you know because this is not like a comparison I want to be making but people have a hard time trusting a finance mod who doesn't have a economics or business background or who can work with money but people c could trust an artist even if they don't have any qualifications, so long as their work shows that they are, like, suitable for the job. So, like, completely different avenues. I've definitely had, like, people favor, like, uh, like editors over, like, beta readers for just fandom, definitely. But, like, it's really, for each role, you have to think about it. And sometimes real-life experience is more relevant, and sometimes real-life experience is not relevant at all. And, um, and along with, like, applying, I would say... Um, right now, how easiest way that most people are doing it is they start a project with their friends, which I'm, yeah, that, that's how most people are doing it. If you're going to look for application, um, definitely background check. Don't, don't go full on and just start applying to everything. I say it's definitely worthwhile to go have a look at their pages, scroll through a few of their projects, because um, when you do a zine, you are responsible for not only the buyers, but the contributors, and everyone who has put in their time and effort to make your dream a reality. So, if you're looking for a team to join, you have to make sure that it's with people who you believe are ready to take on that responsibility. And sometimes, if you don't know the people, it's hard to gauge. So my point is, you should like just look in a bit 
I'm not saying like necessarily stalk the person, but <laughs> research is key. It's not really like modding is not really like an artist or a writer application. You you should be looking to see if you think that the team is going to be one that you can work in. Gotcha. It's kind of really similar to finding a job because because you will join and you will be told okay this is your this is what your responsibility is and then but what what they don't say is they is like is what is on a job application at the very end of every single job application is and duties as assigned <laughs> so you will come in maybe as um to do graphics or formatting or finance and next thing you know you have to handle uh, chasing down 20 contributors. Yeah, Discord actually caps your DMs at a certain point. It's really frustrating when you're chasing down a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. But definitely, like, I I don't have a graphics background. I did not come into this being graphics. I came into this as an, like a beta editing people's pieces and then suddenly, rip, one of our graphics mods disappeared. Okay, now that's my job, you know? <laughs> like, whole... Gotcha whole avenue of because it's not there's no guaranteed payout we're not this is a fan project this is a project of love you have to be prepared to take on responsibility and you've always got to be checking your schedule always got to be making sure that it's going to work for you because there's nothing more frustrating for everyone else and yourself than getting to that point and realizing that you didn't look at your schedule and the pre-orders clash with your like trip to Europe or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. So on the on the topic of timelines, where is Customs of Leeway right now? We are in pre-orders right now. So we currently have a storefront up for people to pre-order the zine. And uh, basically get in their slot for getting a zine or the merch or whatever they want. We have, <clears throat> not every zine does this, um, we have a merch a la carte. So if you just want a single item from the package, you can just buy that instead of having to buy the entire bundle. So <clears throat> for us, a, a lot of zines um, get limited by their storefront because a lot of us use Big Cartel, and Big Cartel on the free program only allows five items. So if you see a zine without without a um, merch a la carte, don't <laughs> please don't like judge us too hard because sometimes we already filled up the five items and we just don't. And have you have space. to pay extra. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, sorry. So. Note from Leo: Remember to plug the Big Cartel. So. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that here, but um, but if I'm allowed to plug in, if I don't, and if I'm not allowed, I guess we can just you can just bleep it out and edit. No, um, plug away. Uh, HTTPS colon. I'm not going to put the front. Just liuzine.bigartel.com. No spaces between liuzine. Go check it out. <laughs> All the merch is fantastic. All the contributors are fantastic. We have stuff lined up. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Okay, that was like the YouTuber movement I never had. You know, plugging the merch like. <laughs> Like and subscribe. Smash that yeah. like Smash button. Smash that buy button. <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt now, really cool it, saying it. <laughs> it did. It did. I was just yeah, gonna ask did. you, how did it feel? It, it felt great. I mean, 
No, I've never said that on a recording before. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and that was going to be my next thing. So, now you guys have pre-orders that are open until June 1st. Right, right on the cusp of summer. Nice. So if you guys are interested in that, uh, go ahead over to leewayzine.biggartel.com to pre-order your version of Customs of Leeway. Um, where can they see more about Customs of Leeway? You, you can plug away. If you guys have works that, other works or other zines that you guys want to share, you can do that as well. Oh my god. Dude, we, oh, dude, we, we have, have, many we have so many between the two of us. We should probably not do it would, that. It would take a whole other hour to go through them all. Um, uh, for Customs of Leary, though, uh, contributors post previews. If you go into our account, you can see some of our retweets and some of our shares and some of our tags. There are contributors who posted like little tidbits of their zine. We currently have all our stretch goals unlocked, which stretch goals are when we hit a certain amount of orders. We add on items to each bundle. So for now, if you buy the half bundle or the full bundle, you get uh you you get a wooden bookmark added to it, and for our full bundle and our charms, they're now added with a gold foil upgrade. And um, you didn't hear this from me; you heard this from the Twitter account where Aura very uh, shadily alluded to this. But um, we have more planned, so just keep an eye Ooh. out for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, links are at the bottom of the Big Cartel page, so if you just scroll down, you can find our Twitter there, and then the fact page, and all those other things. Awesome. Alrighty, and that, uh, concludes our interview. Thank you for sitting down and, you know, taking some time out of your day, uh, or your night to sit down and talk. No, 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 th- uh, thank you, yeah. Oh, wow. No, thank you for having us. That was actually, it that was, was really fun. <laughs> uh, getting into it was less scary than I thought it would be. Uh, If you guys are listening, thank you very much for uh, listening to this portion of the episode. And I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with T and Shiu. Oh, can I message from Leo? Which I forgot about. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to to interrupt your ending message. Uh, He said, wait, I'm going to do a Leo impression. Thank you for being interested in our little project. We are endlessly grateful for the chance to spotlight Chinese cultures and traditions, and I'm very proud of how beautiful the book came out. Many, many, many thanks to our fellow contributors and my fellow moms for all their wonderful work and dedication to this project. <laughs> it's not his voice, he's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna hear this in, in, it's not his voice, he's in gonna like kill a week me. and be like, I, <laughs> if, if I get fired, I loved this, it. we're not counting. <laughs> it's worth it, it's worth it. Oh, that's awesome. I think this is just more of the Leo bullying. Okay, thanks so much. Sorry, I interrupted your ending message. No, no, that was perfect. I loved it.
back from our break. We got two events to talk about that are in-game right now. One of them, like I said, can't even really call it an event. But something to talk about, and then uh, we'll wrap up the show. The not-so-event event was just the Phase 2 portion of the version 2.6 survey. So you got a couple hundred or a couple thousand Mora uh, just for an in-game mail from them launching the survey. And then if you complete the survey, you get 30,000 Mora. It really just goes into... It covers mostly just your general thoughts on version 2.6 as a whole. And then it covers mostly the Vibro Crystal Research event that went through last week that we really didn't get to touch base on. But I'm not going to harp on it too much. I kind of already said my my piece about that on episode four. But yeah, do that survey. Let them know how you guys what you guys think about the Vibro Crystal Research event. And then you can get yourselves an easy 30,000 Mora, I believe it was. And the Marvelous Merchandise event, Open Boxes of Marvels and Get Prima Gems, is finally back. This post is off of Hoyo Lab, and it was posted three days ago, so before the event went live. I'll read it anyway. It's informative based on the event. When this episode goes live on the 8th, we'll already be three days into the event, and then you'll have four days as of being able to, li- as of listening to it. So if you haven't, and you're listening to this event, you have four more days to basically claim your stuff. So make sure you guys are doing that. All right. During the event, travelers can look around Mondstadt for Liban, the merchant. Give him the materials he requires to open boxes of marvels, which contain prima gems and other rewards. After exchanging for boxes of marvels five times, a mega box of marvels will be unlocked, which provides travelers with additional rewards that include prima gems, hero's wit, mystic enhancement, ore, and mora. The event duration is from the 6th of May, 10 o'clock a.m. server time, to the 13th of May, and that'll end at 3.59 a.m. server time. To be eligible for this rank, you just need to be Adventure Rank 12 or above, and since Liban's conveniently placed in Mondstadt, pretty much everybody can take place in this event. All you have to do is play the game a little bit to get to Adventure Rank 12. It's really not that much at all. Uh, event details. Liban will randomly provide travelers with seven different types of box of marvels. Travelers can preview the contents of each box of marvels before opening them, Rewards may also differ for each player according to their game progress. Travelers can enter other players' worlds to exchange for their desired Box of Marvels rewards. Then it says travelers can submit materials to Liban only once per day. Please mind the daily refresh time of the rewards as any unused chances to open Boxes of Marvels will be lost. So it's a cool little event. I know a lot of people really like Liban, but I think he's honestly kind of forgettable. He does mention a little bit about Sumeru and the current state of affairs in Sumeru. So if you guys are lore nuts like me, and uh, you can go over there and check it out and talk to Liban, get a little taste of what's going on in Sumeru, um, and then go grab your box of Marvels and grab your Prima Gems. And that's about it for the in-game events going on right now. I'm pretty sure that's it until we get the Spices event, and that'll be next week i think yeah next week that will get that um that event in the phase three portion of version 2.6 yeah hope you guys enjoyed the interview with customs of leeway zine i would really hope that you guys go check that stuff out and look at it it looks very nice um their website will be plugged in the description of the episode and 
I know they kind of dropped their plugs in there in the end of the interview. If you guys are interested, you can join uh, our Discord server. I did create a Discord server during my week off while I was sick. It is still new. I'm still building it and making sure that, you know, everything's right in there and trying to add some things. So if you guys are interested, you can head over to our Twitter, which is at HoyoCast. That's H-O-Y-O-C-A-S-T. And you can uh, go into our Twitter. It's our pinned tweet. Uh, you can click the link and join the Discord server so you can come talk about Genshin Impact and uh, the show. I would love for you guys to uh, come in and talk with me about everything going on right now or whatever, in-game related or not. Uh, let's make a community out of the show. It would be really interesting to do. If you guys uh, can, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It greatly helps the show. It greatly helps other people find the show and makes the show more accessible to everybody. And it helps let me know what I can improve on and what I need to work on as far as the show quality and stuff like that. So again, that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I am still working on, if you want to say it's it, it's not even like it's a hard task to do, but I am still trying to get the episode out onto other platforms officially. Uh, so I don't have to just keep saying Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stop limiting the areas that you guys can listen to this show. Other than that, that's all I have for you guys. Thank you for everything. We did also do a giveaway last week. I did announce the winner on Twitter. They got their uh, welcome moon. So thank you all to all of you who uh, retweeted the tweet and left a review for us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I greatly appreciate it. Hopefully I can do more of those in the future. They'll probably be hosted just in the Discord then. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of The Resonance, and I will talk to you guys next week. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.